Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of, well, Blizzard Watch playing things. Uh, we're playing D&D again today, uh, and we are working on the next leg of the Otherworld other campaign. Uh, so when last we left our fearless group of adventurers, they were getting their food on. Uh, they were eating a hero's feast of sorts. Uh, and uh, sort of having weird sentimental moments with a strange tiefling woman in the Astral Circus, uh, which is where we left it. So, as you guys are eating, is there anything else that you want to do? Or have conversations, or anything of that like? Nope. No. Actual role-playing. <laughs> uh, I'm giving you the opportunity. Much to ask. Uh, no, May is just sitting around waiting for the next thing. Yep, so May, May is sitting Actually, down looking shifty-eyed. We get the whole, from what I understand, we get healed. Yep, you are healed the full. And we're we're effectively, it's as if we took a long rest. Correct, yeah. So all okay. of your spells, all of your abilities have been recharged since the last episode. We got bonuses. We got inspiration. We got extra hit points. I think it was 19. You had I can't remember if it was extra. 19, you have basically the effects of a hero's feast. So you get uh, advantage on wisdom saving throws. You are immune to fear effects, essentially. Uh, And you have 19 additional hit points. These are not temporary hit points. Uh, These are essentially your maximum hit points have been raised by 19 for 24 hours. 
And uh, if you are to heal after taking damage, you heal up to that. After the 24 hours, then you lose the 19 uh, hit points and come back to your normal. Uh, and you do each have a point of inspiration, uh, which is not part of the Hero's Feast, but is part of something that happened when uh, Ron had a conversation with a knowing wink from the tiefling that was running <laughs> this establishment. So yeah, you guys are sitting around. You're having a, a lovely a lovely meal in the private uh, private room of the cantina. Uh, and I think that this is a good opportunity for our wanderer to sort of briefly introduce herself before she has to disappear and come back. Um, but in through the double doors, you see uh, walks. Well, and why don't you go ahead and describe yourself? You see a half-orc woman in really simple clothes um, carrying a staff, just a staff. Um, she's a half-orc. <laughs> so she's green. But she's kind of a pale green. And her ears are a little more pointed and she has kind of large, expressive eyes. Her hair's pulled back in a bunch of braids. And she looks fairly serious and contemplative and kind of wondering what the heck is going on. So she's just kind of looking around. And it is at this point that Tatiana walks over to her uh, and sort of ushers her over to the table uh, and sits you down amongst the people you have no idea who they are. Uh, and you see uh, a turtle covered in mushrooms. Uh, you see a uh, rather s uh, childlike, I guess would be the best way to describe Gim's character, uh, with a mechanical dragonling uh, sitting around eating their food. Uh, you see a, gig a well, I don't know if you're still gigantic at this point, but you see a cat woman. Uh, I'm seven foot. I'm seven foot tall. Yeah, so you're. So I'm always pretty big. You're always pretty big. I don't know if I don't know if Anne's character would consider that uh, big or not. Um, it, and everybody's just sitting around having a good meal. Um, you guys don't really, uh, you don't really take any sort of umbrage with this because, well, it's entirely possible that this person just paid in one of those God's coins, just like you did, uh, to have this particular meal. Uh, and I believe that speaking uh, of meal, I'll be back in one second. <laughs> as Tatiana, uh, hurriedly talks with, uh, this newcomer, uh, in hush breath, sort of ignoring the rest of you. So any conversations to be had amongst you now would be the time. So what's next? Another fight, I guess. They seem to be pretty big on fighting. And Tatiana will kind of like break from her conversation real quick. Oh, you, I mean, y'all made it to the, the last part. There's, there's one, definitely one big more encounter coming. Then here is going to ask, do you know generally what it is? Are these the same fights every time? Well, everything takes on a different form depending on what the, uh, our, our lovely patron here decides is, catches their whimsy. My character kind of looks around and then starts eating, just listening in. But if you made it this far, then you well, you're gonna you're gonna get to meet him. What are the odds? <laughs> not good. I mean, I ain't gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. It ain't gonna be easy. It ain't supposed to be easy. If it was easy, everybody be rich or have superpowers or you know have all the power in the universe because they'd be able to get their wishes granted. But nobody usually makes it past the first round. Hey, Joe. Yes. If I am eating this food, does that mean that I get the bonuses as you well? You absolutely do. You get the same so bonuses as well. So how do I do that? So you can just raise your hit points uh, by 19, and there should be a, a section on your sheet for inspiration. It's been a bit. Uh, yeah, I got the... Is it temp AP, HP or... You can put it in temp for now. That's fine. Okay. Got the inspiration. So 19, you said? 19 hit points. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. But that is... Uh, well, 
We don't know what you're going to see in there. But if you make it through, your wildest dreams, or at least that's what they say. My wildest dream is to leave here. Well, that that's part of it, yeah. And potentially to kill whoever put me here. Well, that's a god, honey. You ain't going to kill a god, I don't think. Well, I, that's my wildest dream, so apparently they're underselling themselves, aren't they? My character chuckles just a little. <laughs> well... When was the last time someone got past the first fight? And she kind of looks off into the distance like she's doing math in her head. Uh, probably about 20 astral cycles, so it's been a bit. Unfortunately, they don't teach astral cycles in the Stellwork Law, so I have no idea what that means. Uh, it's, it's like, it's like a year-ish on the Prime Material Plane. A little bit longer than a year. That's a long time to go without anyone winning. Well... Again, it ain't it ain't supposed to be easy. It's your story, turtle. What story? I've been here for a while. I made a bad bet. How did, how did you get here? Is it just is this all a gambling debt or something? And you would know. I mean, you would know that that's essentially how you got here. You made a bet in a. Uh, well, you won the bet, uh, but in winning the bet, you got a ticket to this place, and uh, well, that's sort of how that started. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this is what I wanted. They wanted to win power beyond my wildest dreams. Or a chance at it anyway. Then I got stuck here. I think getting stuck here is your chance. It doesn't sound like it's a good one. Depends on what fate has in store. Fate brought us here, and here is not a good place. Fate is what they call it when everybody looks back on the person who got gored by a three-torn and says, Oh, he was always fated to die. (laughs) Yes. With my powers to grant wishes, like I know that fate can change. Sometimes, occasionally, rarely. Wow, you guys are. Meanwhile, Tubi is uh, laying in your hands and just lets out like a burp from whatever he, Tubi just ate. Tubi, <sighs> you just set my hair on fire again. It looks very sad. Marcy grabs the nearest beverage. Which might be someone's alcoholic beverage, we don't know. And dumps it on her head. Unfortunately for Mersey, it was a very strong alcoholic beverage and now her hair is on fire. Even more so. <laughs> uh no. None of the none of the, nobody ordered any alcoholic beverages. You're good. <laughs> well, I'm gonna let y'all finish up. I suspect the last round is gonna be starting soon, but uh we all rooting for you, cause well, it ain't every day you get to say you serve the winner. And she nods and bows and walks herself out of the room. The final round. So you've been through rounds already. Oh, yes. How many? Too many? Two. Mm. Two too many. Sounds like you could use extra help. Mm. We've made it so far. Okay, we're not doing the thing where we all pretend that we know what we're doing. (laughs) Do you know anything about this place? Can you be of help to us? If you can help us, then you can come along. I can punch things really hard. Okay, I'm down. Skill. <laughs> Why do you want to go into this dangerous... Probably to win power or whatever? Uh, no, I'm just exploring. This was an interesting place to explore. I got a ticket. Yeah, we got tickets too. I'm just a wanderer. This happened to be a good place to wander to. Although, given the chances... That woman described maybe it wasn't the best place to wander to. But you all look capable enough. Hasn't been a great place. The food's good, though. The food is excellent. (laughs) It is about this time that you get 
the that feeling in your gut again, uh, just like before. It's almost like a clock chiming, uh, and it's sort of like a countdown, and you can feel it getting stronger, stronger, and the pull getting bigger and bigger uh, until eventually you start to oh, have that crap. same. Here bl- we go again. Yep, you start to oh. get that blackout feeling as your vision starts to fade, uh, and you're gone for a second before you open your eyes and. You're back into the arena, and this time it's much the same as it was before, the very first time, uh, with the hard-packed sand beneath your feet. Uh, There is no stage this time, but there is a little raised platform in the middle, maybe just a couple feet tall, just enough to be, like, essentially a soapbox, if anything else. Uh, And there are several bollards uh, around the arena, uh, pillars that seem to extend into almost oblivion. Uh, as the impossibly high ceiling is still there. And on that uh, pillar sits the same Rakasta, uh, back again in his MC uniform with his long flowing red tail coat, uh, a huge top hat, his scepter and cane, uh, and what looks like one of those comically large uh, cones, uh, those loudspeaker type things, just the old school one that you uh, speak into the one end. And the crowd... He's up on top of one of the bollards, or is he? No, he's he's on that little soapbox thing. Okay, Uh, I'll just smile at him. He doesn't really seem to pay any attention to you. The crowd almost jumps out of their seat as they see you materialize into it. All of you, including your new friend, Uh, and Baccarat makes his hands just this calming motion, this quieting motion to the crowd uh, to get them to uh, simmer down just enough so that he can be heard. Uh, And with what is clearly some form of thaumaturgic magic, his voice begins to boom. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The moment you have been waiting for. The final game is upon us. It's been so long since a team of contenders have reached the final game and confronted a generous master, the Grinning God, and his clowns. (laughs) So brace yourselves for an unforgettable experience! The glee just sort of like radiates this maliciousness from him. And he dematerializes into shadow. And you notice that from the bollards, as the crowd uh, begins to roar again, the, the sound starts to dampen. Not not that they're getting quieter, mind you. It's almost like something's absorbing the sound inside of the arena. You can still hear yourselves as you shuffle and you can hear the people next to you. But the shadows cast from the bollards uh, begin to coalesce and start to form where Baccarat was. And the shadows start to form a corporeal body bit by bit, piece by piece. It begins to be assembled uh, until what stands before you is a shadow of a gargantuan figure. And then out from that shadow steps, the most demonic looking clown you have ever seen clearly standing 12, 13, 14 feet tall, almost floating in air. Uh, its clothing is a violent array of colors shabbily thrown together. Uh, its face looks almost like a grotesquely demonically deformed goblinoid face. Uh, it has four arms at its sides, all tipped in dagger-like talons. Uh, its torso 
isn't really a torso, uh, but what looks there is a demonic multi-eyed head, multi-eyed head with a huge grinning mouth that looks like it could swallow somebody, anybody, with one bite. And this laughter, this insanely hideous laughter, starts to to bubble forth from both of its mouths, uh, and the game is on. And I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative. My character raises her eyebrow, says, interesting, and looks at the rest of the group and goes, my name is Quint, by the way. Nice to meet you. Ron. I'm Mersey. Ron will offer out her hand to shake because she's pretty sure this is the normal thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> the Nair just kind of offers himself in like a bow as if uh, in service. She'll shake the hand that's been offered and give a little bow in return. Okay. I'm kind of staring at two mouths McClownagutty over there, so no offense, but that's where my attention was. <laughs> it's got a second mouth for a stomach. Yes, it does. So that's that's where that's where May is. All right, I'm gonna need those initiative rolls, folks. Tell me, please, what you got? Uh, you boost the D and D Beyond thing. I got a 13. Okay. All right, Denier got a 12. Looks like Ron got a 19. Quint got a nine. Do, 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 do. Mary's got a ten. Yeah. All right. So the good news is everybody except uh, Yordle gets to go before this god that stands before you. Great. <laughs> uh, so first up is actually going to be Ron. Uh, so Ron, this is what stands before you, uh, and you are up. Ah. Uh. I would like to cast Bane on it. And tell us what Bane does for those at home. Uh, Bane lets up to three creatures of my choice. Okay, creatures have to make a charisma save, and if they fail it, they must subtract a d4 from the number rolled on attacks or saving throws. Okay, Uh, what's your DC? It's not a... 14. I don't know if that's a DC that's going to stymie me a god, but I'm giving it a try. Uh, I rolled a 18 on the dice before adding the charisma. Surprisingly charismatic yeah. for being a god. Um, for being a terrifying god. Yep, but the people seem to love him. As the crowd, you, you still can't hear the crowd. Uh, all you hear is this horrible like circus music that's just distorted and off-key. Basically, if you ever hear, heard a song transposed into like a minor uh, key, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like that. But it's like horrible and jarring and just off. So on calliope. a broken, being played on a broken calliope. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> the calliope hasn't been serviced in probably several thousand years. Yeah, more or less. Uh, yep, so well, that, that does not seem to take hold. Uh, how far away am I from this You thing? guys are about 50 feet away from, from this thing, we'll say. Okay. Are there any shadows I can hide from? <laughs> there are several. Or- the bollards that that uh, sort of encircle inc- this area, there's plenty of shadows and ones to duck behind and hide if you wish to uh, try to I'm stealth gonna, away. I'm going to trade a bonus action hide. All right. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check, please. Not a good one. Uh, I, that's a 14. I may be abandoning these virtual dice. That's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you see... Uh, his main head doesn't seem to follow you, but the eyes in that grotesque 
torso stomach definitely do. They lock onto you and sort of just continue to follow you around. So Great. Yeah. Great. That's all I've got. All right. Uh, next up after Ron, that gives us a May out of 13. Okay. Um, first thing I do is uh, take giant size. Okay. So I go up to the 15 or so feet tall. Yep. You are standing about eye to eye with this god now. Give or, give or take height wise. It's 50 feet away from me. 50 feet away from you. Okay. Then I will move out uh, 35 feet because that is the maximum I can move. Okay. And I will ready an action to attack if anything comes in range. Keep in mind that range for me is 15 feet. Yep. So. Well, if range is 15 feet for you, if you move up 35, you're in range. Oh, uh, no, sorry. Uh, reach doesn't doesn't get bigger when you, when you grow. It should still be 10 feet for you, right? It's 10 feet, yeah. Yeah, there you so, go. So if he steps five feet towards me, I can attack him. Okay. And uh, it's a full attack action that I'm readying. Wonderful. Uh, Dinar, you are up. Okay. Do the ballards look like the thing that had the cannons? Like No, they, like- they look like just almost like tent poles, uh, just thicker, bigger. Nothing special on them. All right. That was There are no cannons for you to unleash this time around. Okay. So then I guess we're going with uh, Mind Sliver. This worked well last time. Let's try it again. Okay. And for those at home, what does Mind Sliver do? It, uh, I drive a psychic uh, energy spike into its mind, and um, it has to do a... Um, I know it's a saving throw. I gotta figure. Oh, it's a int saving throw. Okay. Uh, well, I just a rolled 14. a natural one. Uh, so it um, takes two d six damage, but better than that, um, the next saving throw it makes it subtracts one d four. Which actually, I don't know that it stacks with Bane. So. Bane didn't cast, so Bane, Bane didn't go off, so that one's going to stick. Oh. He's he's not going to burn okay. his legendary resistance for that, so, okay. Okay, so, yeah. So, next saving throw, it, um, yeah, subtracts 1d4. Okay, why don't you go ahead and roll me some damage then? You said it's 2d6. All right, not bad. Nice. That's nine. That's pretty good on 2d6. All right. Uh, so, that's Dinar. Next up would be Merzi. Unless you have any bonus actions, Dinar. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Okay. Merzi is going to cast Fly on herself. Okay. And she's going to go straight up in the air. All right. So you uh, you cast Fly. What does your Fly look like? Is it a? Uh, do you actually sprout like mechanical wings, or what is what does your Fly look like in terms of your character? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. You just begin to glow, uh, sort of shifting begin with your hair glow. flowing in the air. Yes. Yes. And then we put an arm in the air and we charge and look down and poor Tubi has to fly up here. Yeah, he's he's, he's labored and flying after you. You can see he's he's not exactly happy. <laughs> All right, just a minute. We'll figure it out. But we're going to go up above. Uh, we're going to stay far away from we're going to stay at the 50 feet away, but we're just going to go straight. Up. What's what's so, your flying speed? That puts you at what, um, 60 feet, I think? It says, yes, 60 feet for the duration. Okay, so you are you flying the full 60 feet straight up? I'm flying the full. That should put me 10 feet above him, right? Or that'll put me way above him. It'll put you way above him, yeah. I just want to be like five feet above his height. Yeah, okay, you can do that easily. Okay, that's what we're doing. 
All right. Any bonus actions? Uh, I'm pulling. I'm uh, no. All I'm going to do is uh, just arrange my belt so that the wands are available because I don't know what his attack is. So I don't know which wand to try and use. That's fair. All right. Uh, that's Marzi then, and that brings us over to Quint. Okay. So he's fifty feet away from us. About fifty feet away from me. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to use my full movement to get within ten feet of him. Easy. I got forty feet. And I'm going to pop Arms of the Astral Self. Okay. Uh, describe how that looks for everybody. Basically, she kind of like clasps her hands together for a second and closes her eyes and then spreads her hands again. And when she does, two blue glowing arms come out from behind her back and kind of pose in a I'm going to kick your butt pose. <laughs> <laughs> With fists, and then the hands opens, and this force comes out of it from the summoning. So uh, with the summon with that, I'm going to spend a key point, and um, each creature of my choice that I can see within 10 feet must succeed on deck saving throw. Okay. Uh, I rolled, let's see, dexterity, that is a 22. Uh, Did you subtract the 1d4? Oh, oh you gotta good. subtract the d4. Uh, that'll be a 19. It's a minus three. Yeah, my DC 13, because I'm <laughs> level five, level five. Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and then I'm going to use my astral arms to make an unarmed strike. Yeah, go for it. Roll that beautiful footage. That's a 23 to hit. That will absolutely hit. Cool. It's a whole four damage. <laughs> uh, yep, but it is technically a magical attack, so all four of those hit. All right. And then um, because I did that, can I use Stunning Strike on that? Yes, you can. Spend the key point. Okay. So spending this key point for Stunning Strike. It's a con saving throw. Yep. Uh, that is an 18 plus 8, 26. Yeah, you totally saved my DC 13 on that too. So. Hey, all it takes is 1-1. One, one. That's all it takes. I know. I know. Okay. Um, and I think I get an extra attack, don't I? Uh, you can spend one to flurry. Okay, I can't flurry because I'm I've only got a five foot reach. Yeah, the arms have a ten foot reach, so that's it for me. But you can make a flurry of blows attack with your arms. That was one of the key things about that. So if you spend oh. so if you spend the key point, you can make a flurry attack and you can make an attack with your force arms. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, flurry of blows with my arm. Nineteen to hit. That hits. That's another three damage. <laughs> another three force damage as your force, as, yeah, yeah, as your force arms sort of just like start pelting into this thing. Uh, you can almost feel the ickiness through your uh, not quite real arms. <laughs> uh, that is going to. Do you have any bonus actions beyond that, or anything else that you want to do? Uh, I'm going to do bonus action patient defense. Perfect. Alrighty then. Okay. This is the Grinning God's turn. Uh, so the first thing that it is going to do is it's going to reach into the Aether and it's going to try to pull uh, some of its little clown posse to its side. Let's make a roll to see what happens. Beautiful. How would you say that clown posse is? Uh, they are, they are wise. not very. <laughs> That's sort of the, the gag with this one. Thank you. Oh, God. Uh, from the shadows appears what looks like a twisted, 
almost like rictus grin uh, set of gestures as two gestures enter into the field uh, wrapped in shadow and what looks like viscera and skin. Uh, and they will go. Let's see who gets the lovely attacks on them. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. Wonderful. I can roll D6s and not have to worry about it. Uh, it actually looks like both of them are going to go after May since she is the largest threat. Now, your conditional, they move into your reach. Uh, your conditional was specific uh, to things moving into your range, so you can take your attack at them if you want to. Yeah, all right. 29 to that's, that, oh, that's, that's a natural a, 20. I that's guess. a natural 20. That absolutely hits. Okay. Um, okay. I rolled a 14. That's not doubled. So it's 5 plus 3 plus 6. So it's 5 plus 3 plus 5 plus 3 plus 6. So it's an additional uh, 19, 20, 22. 22 damage on the first hit. You cut this one down mid leap towards you. Like it is just gone. It poofs apart into bits of shadow. Uh, as it just like was leaping through the air. Uh, okay. So this is an attack action. Yep. You have a full I'm attack gonna action. Attack, I'm gonna attack the other one. Okay. That's a fourteen. That actually hits. Okay. Oh, sorry. I rolled an attack again. That's fine. Uh, that one's sixteen. I'm gonna add another six. You, a D six. You don't even have to. Uh, okay. These things do not have very many hit points. Uh, the other one, as you follow through with the swing with your scythe, uh, you literally rip the other one from groin to head as it also explodes into a shower of shadow and viscera. Uh, basically, you've just one-rounded both of its wonderful little summons, uh, which is good because they are they they're glass cannons. They hit really hard, but they don't they can't take a whole lot of damage. You did good. Uh, I spin the scythe over my head and prepare myself as best I can in case it... Well, I can't attack now, so if it walks into range, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, So that was its first... Unless it provokes an attack. Well, that was its first one. Its second one is going to be... uh, Let's see here. I think we are going to do this. Let me just double check. Uh, Let's see what the spell save on this one. Uh, May, I'm going to need you to go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw, please. Okay. Um, I have advantage on wisdom saves. Yes, you do. Not only that, you have advantage because of the hero's feast. Okay. Well, either way. This first roll is a nine, so I'm going to roll again, obviously. Uh, 13 on the second roll. Uh, That does not save, unfortunately. Um, So you just feel like this bubbling laughter start to, to well from within you uh, as the grinning God starts laughing at the sight of its own minions dying. You start laughing as well. Uh, you fall to your knees just with overcome with laughter uh, as literally the spell hideous laughter takes effect uh, and you are prone and incapacitated and unable to stand for the duration. Um, which means at the end of your turn, you can go ahead and make another wisdom saving throw. Uh, otherwise, it will last for one minute. One minute, uh, or anytime you take a damage, you can also make a saving throw. Oh, uh, one question. Yes. Um, would a plus two bonus have made that a success? No. Okay. Uh, DC was sixteen. All right. All right. Uh, that brings us over to Yordle. You've just seen uh, one of your companions uh, sprout blue arms. Uh, you've seen your other one grow rather large, uh, just like they did when they fished you out of there. Take down two clowns that materialize out of shadow, and then it's just now on the ground overcome with laughter. And Marizy's in the air. I'm going to activate wild shape. 
Okay, what it, and that brings you into your fungal form? Yep. All right, you see, uh, uh, everybody sees uh, Yordle concentrate for a second, and then the mushrooms almost sprout to life uh, across his shell, uh, his back, and start to overcome his form uh, as he starts to look more like a turtle made out of fungus than a turtle that is fungus on him. And I think I still, I think I can still cast a spell after that. You can. Uh, your wild shape, I believe, is a bonus action. Then I'm going to cast Erupting Earth at him. Okay. What is what does Erupting Earth do? Uh, chooses a point on the ground. A fountain of churned earth and stone erupts in a 20 foot cube centered on that point. Uh, has to make a Dex saving throw, or and uh, takes bludgeoning damage. Okay. Uh, well, I rolled an 8, which I'm going to go ahead and assume is not enough. Or, sorry, that's a it 10, is. which is not enough to save. Yeah. All right, so go ahead and roll that damage. Can he make a concentration check? Uh, for the hit, for that, yes, absolutely. I need to know the damage first, though. 3d12. We can figure out how to roll that. <laughs> there we go. Could have been better. Hasn't shown him in my 14 points. Okay. All right. And now the ground underneath him is uh, uneven or hard to traverse or something. All right, so that is a 26 on the concentration check, which I believe passes. Yep, Hideous Laughter is still into effect. Actually, Hideous Laughter is not a concentration. Either way. Okay. Uh, and you said he was knocked prone? Uh, I don't think there's a knock prone with that. It's just the ground underneath it is difficult terrain now. Okay, well, he can f- he can fly, so that that's fine. All right, which brings us back up to the top of the order, unless you have any other actions or movement you want to take. No, I don't. That's it. Okay. Ron, you're back up. You have just seen all of this uh, happen in the span of mere seconds. Okay, well, I'm gonna gonna stab him. All right, you leap from the shadows and charge at him, bouncing off of the unstable ground, the rocks that are jutting out from underneath him. Uh, go ahead and make me some attack rolls, please. That will hit. Okay, that- and that's 10 damage, but since he's engaged with other people, I can do sneak attack damage? Uh, he is not engaged. Nobody is in melee range with him. I thought I was oh. in melee range. Oh, no. I'm 10 feet away. Ooh. You're using magic fists. Yep. Uh, okay. Yep. So it has to be in... It has to be within engagement range, which is five feet. <gasps> I know, it's it's tricky and, and weird, but D&D, the, them rules and them rules. But yeah, you still yeah, do, yeah. You still do 10 points of um, damage, and it does seem to stick since your weapons are magical. You do have an offhand attack as well if you choose to. Oh, it's a bonus action, isn't it? It is. Or you, can duck, action. or you can duck out and try to hide again. I'm going to try to hide. Okay. Uh, he takes a, a offhanded swipe at you, but misses. Uh, and you duck behind one of the bollards and disappear into the shadows. So you're saying the hideous laughter is not your concentration effect? It is not a concentration effect. I just looked it up. It would have passed anyway, even if he did. Yeah, but he just got hit again. For he would he would have to roll every single time he gets. Yes, hit. I'm aware, but he but it's he not. Did, he just got hit again, but since it's not a concentration effect, it doesn't matter. Correct. Okay, uh, Ron, you you dive in, deal a little bit of damage, dive back out, uh, which brings us up to uh, May. It is your turn. You are prone and laughing. Uh, the end of your turn comes unless there's anything you can do while uh, incapacitated, which I do not believe there is. No, that's the, no. You can't do anything while you're incapacitated. Okay, go ahead and roll that wisdom saving throw. You still get advantage. DC sixteen. Nope. Uh, can you add anything to that with the 15? Nope. Okay. The laughter is still taking taking hold. Uh, Dinar, you are up. All right. 
he's assuming that thing is not humanoids or not human so no, so none of the, his spells are going to work on that so he is instead going to cast mirror image to avoid getting hit by anything like hideous laughter okay so suddenly there's four uh dinars standing there and that is all he can do this turn all right uh that brings us over to mirzy who is well. currently flying in the air not exactly sure. We're going to pull the poison, or the, well, the nature damage, and the fire wand. We're going to start with the fire wand. Okay. Go so ahead and first of all, see first if it goes of all, off. We'll see if it works. <laughs> Should be able to find that percentile button there, I believe. I think that is above your percentage. I think we said it was a 20% failure rate. It's a 40% failure rate. 40%, you're still above it, so it still goes off. So go ahead and roll. <gasps> Unlike last time, the ember tip of the wand starts to glow as you, almost like an arcane spell slinger, uh, with your coat flapping in the breeze behind you, the ethereal breeze that you are flying on uh, as you discharge the flame bolt from your, uh, your wand. And I believe you just have to go ahead and make me that attack roll, please. Yep. 2d4 plus 2. Yep. As the magic missile uh, variant flies into him, uh, not doing as much damage as you had hoped. Uh, it actually, no. it actually looks like it. Even you know the strength of your attack, uh, you would have expected it even then to hit harder than it did. Okay, I believe that is your action, bonus actions, and movement. Yep, that's it. Are you gonna try to move anywhere? Um, so far he hasn't tried to swing at me, so I'm gonna stay right here. Okay. That brings us over to Quint. Uh, Tubi has caught up to you, by the way. Oh, okay. I'm gonna grab him and stuff him in one of my pockets. He happily sits there and chirps like a, uh, a Joey in his mama's pocket. You belch, and I'm gonna throw you in the sand. He ducks his head down. Quint is going to jump forward five feet, punch the thing in its faces, one face, I don't know. Punch it. So I'm going to punch it. Go for it. 19 to hit. That absolutely hits. That's eight damage. And then I'm also going to use my astral arms to do the same thing. Okay. Go for it. 16 to hit. Uh, that actually just misses. Uh, that sucks. And then I'm going to, if I duck back again, then that's like. I, I get they get an attack of opportunity. Nope. Don't they took his attack of opportunity against Ron and missed. So there he has no reaction currently. Wait. So I'm gonna step back five feet again. Okay. Were you gonna try to do a stunning strike off the one hit that you had or anything like that? Um. No, because I don't have a ton of key points, but I am gonna spend a key point and do patient defense again. Okay. Uh, that brings us over down to the grinning god's turn. Let's see what he summons this turn. Ooh, dealer's choice. Oh, oh boy. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, that sounds fine. Uh, three acrobats uh, start tumbling from the shadows. Uh, their faces almost mirror images of the grinning gods, except for the fact that on the left and right side of their head, it looks like they're stitched uh, what used to be formerly human faces uh, into a mask that wraps completely around them. Uh, and they are going gross. super gross. 
they're also made out of that same looks like shadow and viscera and it almost looks like their skin is stitched together uh, and let's see who they go after uh, they don't care about May because she's on the ground one's going to go after Quint uh, one is going to charge Dinar and they don't know where Ron is so the other one is going to try to deal with Marzi in the air all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, they are going to miss on Quint with a wonderful four. They are going to miss on Dinar, and they are going to try to throw something at Mirzi and also miss with a lovely four. Those are wonderful. All right. And that brings us back around to uh, Yordle. What is your turn? So there are three flippy people... Three flippy, three flippy people. That's a really good way to put it. And a giant clown. And a giant clown. How's the cl- giant clown's constitution? Have we figured that out? Is it going to be pretty tough? I mean, he is a god. He is a god. So far, he's done well against things that have required a constitution, but it is hard to tell. Definitely looks like he's taken a decent amount of damage, though. You can see little bits and pieces of him sort of hanging more ragged than they were before, almost like colors fading from the, the vibrant cloth uh looks like bits of shadow are sort of like sloughing off of him and sort of dissipating before reforming so what does yordle do uh i'm gonna cast moonbeam on the grinning god okay and for those on 14. it a uh, big beam of moonlight spears down from the heavens and uh, attempts to set it on fire okay well that is a one and a two and he does not like that uh, yeah, we're gonna we'll burn the legendary resistance for that. Does it still take half damage or anything? Yeah, it still takes half damage. Okay, one d ten radiant. Go ahead and roll, please. And if I remember correctly, that is continuous damage if he decides to stay in that spot. Correct? Yep. If okay. he doesn't move from there, he keeps taking the damage. Okay. And I think you can move it if he moves. Nine. Okay. Uh, he definitely singes a little bit, and you can see it cuts through some of the shadow that was his flesh. Uh, he does not look happy, and both sets of his eyes sort of settle on you while he laughs, uh, almost gleefully enjoying the pain that you are inflicting upon him. Uh, which brings us back up to the top of the order. Uh, Ron, you're up again. Uh, you see uh, May is still uh, incapacitated on the ground laughing, uh, and it looks like it's that anger laughter, like can't control herself and is frustrated with the fact that she is not in control of her own body right now. I don't think you can do anything about that. Stab me. (laughs) I am not kidding. Stab me. (laughs) If I take damage, I get a save. You hear May screaming, cut me in between the laughter. Uh, How far away is May from me? That's maybe 15, 20 feet from the baller you duck behind. You can easily get there and, and duck back out again. Okay, I will. I will run to May, and what have I got that is non-threatening? You could just unarmed unarmed attack. But do I have to? Do I have to hit her? Yeah, you do. But she's prone. You get advantage. Uh, I'm gonna use my dagger. You know, just in case. Okay, that's fine. Because uh, unarmed strike uses strength. Bad. Uh, yeah, that hits. Yeah, I think I managed that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I I'm sorry. Uh, make, uh, you get cut real good by uh, by Ron. Take nine points of damage. Uh, and you can immediately make a wisdom saving throw at advantage. 
You're up. 21. Okay, I stand up. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Alright, so... You can join this horror. Uh, Ron, you're up. So, or as far as your rest of your turn, bonus action and movement. Still, you have still movement left. How close far am I from the scary guy? Uh, May was about 15 feet away, so about 15 feet away. He hasn't moved at all from where he materialized. Okay. Uh, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run up to him and stab him. Alright. Bonus action, offhand. Go for it. I have to click the button. Okay, clicked the button. That does not hurt. I used my only good roll. I just rolled a two. Honestly, hitting May is hitting May is the better option, probably. <laughs> That's your right. See that that is why I didn't want to do an unarmed strike. Which now puts that it would... which is good, which now puts May up as far as her turn goes. So May, you are no and longer am... consumed by the laughter. I, I am in melee range. I okay. I step within so five feet. You... If you move to flank, then you could get whatever flanking does. Can I do that? Yeah, I play with flanking. That's fine. I mean, is it physically possible for me to get there? You have enough movement to walk around him and get to him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Here's a question. Uh, inspiration adds what? It makes you roll with advantage. Okay. Then so I'm going to use my inspiration. Okay. So you on get my to first roll. attack on this thing. Go ahead. Roll your attack with advantage, please. That's only a 15, so I'm going to roll. And that's an 11. Uh, AC is 17. Well, I'm going to attack again. 14. So I missed three. I missed twice. You still get advantage, though, because you're flanking. Okay. Then I was no point to spending an inspiration. You did, I'm, not, I'm not counting you as burning your inspiration. Okay, 26 on the last roll. That definitely hits. All right. I'm going to add a d6 to this one. Alrighty. It's 13. Um, I don't have a clear way to easily roll. How do you do that with this? Oh, it's down here. Give me a sec. Yeah, no worries. So 13 plus 4 is 17 total. Yep. Uh, it bites into him, and you can see he is not happy with that. Uh, as Action we... surge. Go for it. So I'm attacking twice again. Hit 22. You should still roll for advantage and crit. You right. should, yes. Nope, 21, so it didn't Did I roll damage? You did not roll damage yet. Okay. Uh, seven points of damage. Yay. Okay. Anything is good. All right, your second action surge attack. Oh, wait, I get to re-roll that one. I have great weapon fighting. Ah, go for it. Second attack was a roll that in a second. Yeah, it'll hit, but... Yeah, nine instead, so yeah, slightly good. better. And, uh, I'll roll again to see if it crits. It didn't. Oh, but you still hit, so go ahead and roll some damage. And another nine points of damage. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you see that he is looking much worse for wear, not... Uh, quite on death's door, but definitely bloodied. I stay here. Okay. Uh, you are engaged and staying engaged, which brings us to Dinar. Okay. He's not doing anything fancy. We're just Eldritch Blasting from here. Oh, wait a minute. Did, did I take a bonus action there? You did not take your bonus action yet. Then I scream. Okay. He needs to make a uh, saving throw. What's my DC? Oh, I'm sure he'll make it. It's a wisdom saving throw, DC 15. Uh, he rolled a 16, so yeah, he rolled an 8 plus yeah. 8. Okay. All right, Dinar. Okay. All right, two Eldritch Blasts come in his way. Go for it. <laughs> That's a crit. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Natural 20 on the Eldritch Blast, folks. All right, so double that. So 16. 
Yep. 16 damage to the face. Uh, to, like, the lower face, because that one's creepier. Yeah, it, it, in mid-laugh, uh, this thing's opening its mouth, uh, almost like a... in, like, weird distortion of proportions, and you just Eldritch Blast straight into it, uh, giving it a spicy meatball. Okay. And then, while it's reeling from that one, it then he blasts the top face. <laughs> Uh yeah, so that's another that's another palpable hit. Go ahead and roll that damage. <laughs> that, that, that one was a little weaker. That that one was a little weaker. <laughs> you used you used all your sauce on the first one. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Any bonus actions? You do still have a guy on you, by the way. That that the weird just fiendish acrobat is uh, dancing around you. Yeah, he's uh he's thinking he takes down the big guy who was already weakened up by uh by he's. He's not too concerned about the, the weird little acrobat, so no, I have no bonus actions. Fair enough. Uh, that brings us over to Mersey. All right, let's see what happens when we put, point the poison, the nature damage at him. Okay, go ahead and roll. See if it uh, is usable, please. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, that definitely works. Sputter, 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 sputter. As venom just sort of drips from the end of your your other wand, uh, you can go ahead and roll. Well, that's a five. Uh, and it is at this point you realize that as you do damage to him with the poison uh, effect, that it doesn't seem to take any hold on him whatsoever. It's almost like it sloughs right off of his skin. All right. So hmm. we're going to put these two back and grab the other two. <laughs> okay. Any bonus actions or movement, you still have that fiend trying to flip up and jump up to get to you below you. He didn't do too well last time. I'm going to make a rude gesture, and I'm going to give uh, Tubi a piece of coal. Tubi eats the coal uh, while also making two fingers at uh, the fiend below. All right, uh, that is Marizy's turn, which brings us to Quint. Quint's really annoyed by this acrobat, so she's going to punch it in the face. Okay, go for it. I get advantage on these, right? Uh, if you choose to burn your inspiration, otherwise you are not engaged uh, with anybody else besides the acrobat. You stepped back, oh. remember? Okay, all right. But that hits. Yeah, it's a 20 to hit, so... Go ahead and roll some damage. Four damage, and then I'm going to use my arms of the astral self to punch it, too. Go for it. Oops, that's an eight. Uh, that does not hit. Would you like to flurry or anything? No, but I'm going to use my inspiration to re-roll that. Go for it. 14? That hits. Another four damage. Uh, it is looking worse, very, very worse for wear. Um, let's see here. I'm going to do bonus action, just do another hit, straight hit. Okay, go for it. 21? That definitely hits. <laughs> Three damage. Uh, as this thing explodes in the shadow and viscera. Cool. They have exactly 11 hit points. <laughs> Quint cracks her knuckles and looks at the giant clown and stays where she is for now. Okay. Uh, which brings us to the Grinning God's turn. Uh, he is going to pluck one of one of his arms, like, stretches. Uh, he doesn't move, but it stretches with, like, this sickening, thumping bone crack and, like, liquid tearing sound and plucks one of the acrobats up uh, and just like shoves it into the stomach in his middle of his torso. Uh, so there is another one of those acrobats gone and he will regain <gasps> No! Uh, he regains a growl whopping five hit points. And, 
And then I'm going to need Dinar to make a saving throw, please. What kind? Uh, that is going to be a wisdom saving throw, as you are now the target of the hideous laughter. Oh, boy. All right, 23. Uh, yeah, you definitely uh, succeed. Uh, as you feel the... Oh, it's almost like you somebody told you a really terrible joke that you know you shouldn't laugh at, but it tries to bubble up, but you get control of yourself uh, as this wave of loss of control washes over you and then uh, dissipates into nothingness. Uh, and he is going to try to take a swing at May is the biggest threat. So, All right, he's going to try to punch you. Uh, that is an 11. That does not hit. Okay. Wait, did he move out of the moonbeam? No, he did not. He didn't hit? He he rolled an eleven, so he didn't hit. Okay, thank you. Uh, and but he, he did not. Move out of the he also did not move out of the moonbeam. He doesn't seem to really care. You can so still roll he, the damage. Uh, does he have to do another? You'd have to do another con save then. Uh, that is a twenty-two, which I'm assuming is good enough. Yeah. Okay. So this takes uh, half damage. Ten damage. Hey, that puts him higher than he was before, or back to where he was before. Look at that. <laughs> good job. You erased his 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 home meal. Uh, so that's his turn. That brings us down to Yordle. It's your turn. I'm just going to keep the moonbeam active. Uh, isn't it a bonus action? It's not a full action? Can't you do other things that doesn't require concentration? It, it is a concentration spell. Yeah, but you can still do other things that don't require concentration to keep it active, right? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's not that you're locked in. You just can't cancel, cast another concentration spell. Okay. I get you. And it takes your action, I believe, to move it. Yes. So if you're not moving it because you don't have to, you can do something else. Then I will hit him with the thorn whip. Okay, go ahead. Make that a lovely attack roll. 23. That hits. For five damage. All right. That definitely landed and did its full effect. Uh, And the last thing I forgot to do is the... see which one of the fiends was still alive... Uh, the one on Quint is dead. One is the one underneath Merzy got eaten. So Yordle, yours would have been still alive, and it rolled a critical fail anyway. So it doesn't even take, can't even hit you. It seems to not like your mushrooms for some reason. Was there one near me? Shit! Then I should have. Uh, I mean, shoot! I should have. Uh, <laughs> I think that's fine. Do you want to hit it with a hail of spores? Go for it. <laughs> Shitake. Yeah, go for uh, it. Okay, so con fourteen save. Yeah, this thing you're gonna make that or not? Uh, nope. Yeah, it definitely does not make a fourteen. How much damage is that? <laughs> One. Uh, it is three damage. <laughs> three damage. Okay. going? Hey, that's still something. Again, these things are not exactly hardy. Uh, top of the order brings us back over to Ron. You are engaged with the Grinning God and Mer- and uh, May, as Merzi is reigning Daddy. death. Go ahead and roll those wonderful Daddy, attacks. Nineteen. <sighs> uh, that hits. The question you're going to need an answer to, and the answer is yes, is do you get sneak attack? Yeah, it is yes because yes, you get I advantage. Just, yep. Uh, I think I have to roll sneak attack manually. That is three. D you should roll six. another attack to see if you get a natural twenty on it. Correct. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Do you okay. have advantage. Eventually, I will understand all of these things. Still not. Uh, not a crit, but closer. So. Closer, yes. Okay, 3d6. There we go. It's another 15 points of damage. Yes. Uh, He is looking very not well as more bits of shadow uh, fall off of him. Did you roll the actual dagger damage? Yeah. Okay. I just rolled a 10. Yep. It's a rapier in this case, but yes. Uh, And go ahead. Are you going to do your bonus action attack to make the offhand, or are you going to try to duck out? 
Uh, no, I'm going to stay in range because I realize this is teamwork thing and the flanking thing. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'll hit it with uh, the dagger. That's not good, but I have advantage. I will try again. That hits with a 21. Yes. And nine more damage. Yep. I think I only get I only get to use sneak, sneak attack, attack once per turn. Yep. Yes. Okay. Uh, that is all I can do. Okay. Uh, that brings us over to May uh, as uh, with a thirteen. You're up. All right. Uh, I'll go with a full attack action on it. Okay. Go for it. Kill this thing. Kill this thing. It's looking worse for wear. Its laughter is getting okay. more raucous and more cacophonous. Missed both times with the first attack. Yep. Uh, 18 on the second attack. But roll to see if you crit. Just. I do not. But 18 does hit. Okay, I'm adding an extra d6 to this attack. Okay. Uh, an extra 3, so uh, 17 total, I think. Yeah, it looks very not happy. All right. That's um, bonus actions. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm making sure one ability doesn't require a bonus action to use, and it doesn't, so I'm going to use second wind. Uh, yes. Go ahead. So. Regain some hit points. It's almost like I didn't stab you at all. So it's <laughs> 9 plus 5, so 14. So in fact, I go back up to the full amount of hit points. Yep. And it is a bonus action to use second wind, by the way. To use second wind, but it's yes. not a bonus action to use something else that I have. Gotcha. Okay. Anything else for your turn, then? No. I, do, I need to wait to see if it does anything. So yeah, that's it. Okay. Dinar. You're up. Uh, okay. Uh, since he's getting to the end, I'm going to just flat out use my inspiration to roll advantage. Go for it. My Eldritch Blast. And this time I'm going to remember as a genie, I have uh, plus three damage to one attack with lightning. I always forget that. We were just talking about this. Oh my gosh. Last That's night. a natural so, 20 again. Woo! <laughs> okay. So, here's the uh, damage, and there's plus three lightning damage to this one. I forgot. Alright, so, 18. Uh, so it's 18.36 with the double damage. Uh, so, Dinar, how do you finish off the Grinning God? Alright, so, again, that stupid stomach mouth that just freaks him out, that shouldn't be there, just, you see that Eldritch Blast go in, and it's just circled with lightning that uh, hits him, uh, and just hopefully electrocutes him from the inside out. So as you are fighting, you duck out of the way at the last second, and you see uh, Dinar's Eldritch Blast take hold inside of this thing's mouth again. The laughter again begins to bubble up and and in almost reach deafening levels uh, as you are all starting to feel incapacitated slightly uh, by just the wall of sound emanating from it. The last fiendish acrobat that was on Yordle explodes into uh, bits of shadow and blood spattering everywhere uh, and the grinning guy begins to grow and grow and grow almost like it's throwing its head back, taking ecstasy in the fact that it has felt such pain and delight uh, at what you have done to it until it as well explodes. That same familiar darkness takes over and your sight just dims to nothingness. You can hear the sound of the crowd hushed awe uh, sort of begin to emanate as they begin to stand uh, and make their ovations, or at least you think they would, but you can't see them right now. The sound then eventually begins to fade away 
and light starts to replace it. And you find all of yourselves opening your eyes into a white room uh, with very bright light. Not harsh, but looks it's enough of that light that it doesn't allow you to cast a shadow. It seems like it's coming from everywhere and nowhere. In place of the center of all of you, as you are ringed around it, are four what look like uh, giant chalices made out of uh, a metal that you're not familiar with. It almost like it shifts between copper and gold and platinum and electrum. Uh, maybe some glints of mithril in there as well. And each of them floats above a pedestal made out of the same light. Um, and the only shadows you can see cast are from a plate underneath each of them. One that says wealth, one that says life, one that says enlightenment, and one that says revenge. (laughs) And you hear a voice, a melodious voice, a female's voice, uh, ancient and warm and just full of promise. Ron, it's a voice you've heard before, a voice you heard once when you spoke with Hatterai after you tried to kill him. And it says, you've done well. Choose your reward. And all of you hear it. You feel it uh, deep within you. And those are your choices. You may choose wealth, life, enlightenment, or revenge. I mean, I just got revenge. I don't, don't, that was what we just did. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. <laughs> May Quint is very doesn't confused. Hesitate. Quint, Quint doesn't hesitate and walks over to enlightenment. All right. Uh, as you guys are all sort of... Uh, hemming and hawing about it. Quint just sort of walks over, lifts up the Chalice of Enlightenment, and takes a deep sip. You feel your mind begin to expand as you can see the different planes. Uh, From the outside, it looks like her eyes just get really, really big. Um, Functionally, what this is, is you get a plus one of your choosing to any ability score. It's a permanent plus one. Ooh. Uh, And I don't mean the score itself, your bonus goes up by one. Oh, so I get to pick one of my abilities and make it a plus one? So, or if you have, like, something that's a plus four, you can make it a plus five. If you have something that's a plus three, you can make it a plus four. Uh, This is a permanent upgrade. Does the stat go up by two? No, the stat doesn't increase, the bonus does. So... That's gonna be really awkward. It is really awkward, but that's the way it's designed, so shush. How do I make it go up? You just we're just gonna make a note of it. I'll take care of it. Just tell me which one you want to increase. Um Dex. Alright, cool. Making a mouth note of it. Uh you feel more dexterous as uh everything sort of like snaps back into focus as your consciousness just slams back down into your body uh, and you feel invigorated, lighter on your feet, uh lighter than you're even used to. Uh and you Place the chalice back on the uh, the pedestal. Quint That's, smiles. That May, was worthwhile. May doesn't really care much about enlightenment and wealth is almost meaningless to her. And she just got revenge. I mean, that was the only... She didn't really hate anybody else. Doesn't really have any enemies. So she'll give the life one a sip. Okay. You are... She sniffs it. She sniffs it for a very long time. She's very much like if you've ever seen a house cat. Yep. And it doesn't know if it wants to eat that thing or not. That's what I'm doing. Like I'm very, but then I finally just do drink. I do drink it. 
Uh, it doesn't actually smell like anything at all. Like, that's, that's even worse. <laughs> that is very much even worse, and it has a sort of con- concern, but you take the sip anyway, uh, and the warm liquid sort of uh, filters down your, your throat, coats you as if uh, like a warm mead almost, uh, and you f- are filled with visions of home and family uh, and love and life, and a voice sort of pokes into your head, uh, and it tells you, you can choose anyone to be brought back to you. Anyone lost, utter their name, and they will be waiting for you. But nobody is dead. I mean, all my family are still alive. I don't, there's nobody I bring back. But that's what I say. Okay. Uh, it sort of fades back into reality, and we'll talk about this later. There might be something you can do there we can do for that one. So... Uh, all right. That's your choice. I put the thing down. I'm like, that was weird. Ron has been waffling. She's going to walk up to revenge and just down it. It feels bitter and tastes like mm. iron, almost as if uh, the the warm taste of blood. You would recognize it as that was part of your more ritualistic training uh, back in the Temple of Lilith. Uh, but you, you hear a voice. Uh, and it says, any non-god that walks this earth, I will place a curse upon them. Utter their name, and it will be done. Who is the leader of the cult of Lilith who gave me orders? Uh, that would be Jezebel. That's the name I utter. And you feel all of... of Lilith, Go ahead. The cult of Lilith must be destroyed. You feel all of your hatred and all of your anger and all of your every negative emotion, every negative memory. It's there, but it's lost its edge to you now as it takes physical form. Everybody else sees this happen, whereas almost like black and red almost energy is pulled from Ron. And I will say that I think in this moment, Ron's physical form flickers a little bit. Uh, not so much to show the true form, but enough to reveal that maybe there's more to Ron to the rest of the group than than initially was thought. Uh, and it forms into what looks like a spearhead, uh, and it just flies off and disappears into the distance. Uh, and somehow you know that the leader of the Cult of Loth that, that held your leash for so long, oh, oh she's not going to have a good time. That, that feels that feels good. I'm sure someone else will come and replace her, but for now, yeah. Right, let's go, Maris. Probably looking. I would say looking a little dazed at this point. Dazed, but probably also satisfied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dinar has Dinar made a choice. Uh, well, he doesn't really need the material stuff. He for life. Yeah, he hasn't lost anyone, and he has no one to get revenge with. But he's definitely lost his uh, power, so that. And doesn't really understand why, so the Enlightenment one is what he would go for. All right. Uh, functionally, it'll be the same thing as the plus one. Uh, yeah. Or, and I will give you the option because of your particular circumstance, it can free you from the bound of the lamp. Uh, you won't yeah. have your full power, but you will no longer be controlled. Your Enlightenment will be in the form of freedom. Uh, no, he'll take the charisma. He's about building back up that... Okay. All right. Marzi. Marzi circles. Looks. Can I even reach these? Yeah, you can reach them. Because everything's short. I mean, Ron's short, and Ron was able to reach them. 
I'm I'm just a tiny innocent halfling. <laughs> She's taller than me. Actually, I think gnomes are canonically slightly taller than halflings. I think oh, so really? too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't have anybody I want revenge on, and I don't really have anybody that I want to call back either. So that means wealth or enlightenment. Kind of wish that Tubi wasn't mechanical, and that I knew what Tubi's real form was. Although maybe I don't want to know what Tubi used to be. I did know I have well, there's possible. So which one does Mercy drink? Mercy's gonna take Mercy's gonna be enlightened. Okay. Let's see if it teaches me something. <laughs> so you you hover around the two of them and you make your way over to enlightenment. Uh and before you can even drink it, Tubi jumps in. Uh Tubi! <laughs> And you can Honestly, you're going to you, short circuit. Do you know how long it took me to fix you the last time? Uh, and it is at this moment that you notice that to be his drink, the entire contents of it as you go in to fish him out. And you get to tell us, what was Tubi's original form? Tubi. Um, the best that I can determine, Tubi was a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> so and what happens... Tubi used to be ridden by gnomes. So what emerges as you fish Tubi out? You see the mechanical plates uh, start to uh, fall apart and morph. Uh, the wiring that you put in place uh, is no longer there. Uh, it, it sort of becomes sinew and tissue. Uh, fur starts to sprout. Uh, and what stares up at you is essentially a nightsaber cub. Uh, it's looking at you with these weird eyes and looking at its paws and like sneezing because it hasn't breathed in a very long time. Uh, and then it just rolls over and presents its belly to you. Um. Oh my God. You speak? No, it's just cat noises. They don't speak. That's not a language. Yeah, and Tubi gets up uh, and rolls over from the belly when he realizes that you're not going to pet its belly and just starts weaving in between your legs. The happy, happy crook tail of the cat. Also, you, you absolutely have to pet its belly now. I give you a very, very stern look. <laughs> and it almost, uh, Tubi stops and looks at, uh, at May and gives a nod. <laughs> <laughs> what are you waiting for? Pet its belly. It's a good cat. Tubi has an intelligence of eight at this point. It is, it is conscious. All right. Yeah, I'm starting yeah. to look upset. I'm starting to look upset that you haven't petted the belly yet. <laughs> well, you- okay, c- c- come on over here. Let, let's 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 just curl up here and and you're better than me. I don't want you to pet my belly. I want you to pet her belly. Are you here, uh, Tubi? No, Tubi's Tubi's like a cub. It's like a kitten. Oh, okay. She, to, oh, Tubi, Tubi is Tubi has started a new life at this point. It is. It's almost as if it was like maybe a year old kitten. Okay. Quint looks utterly charmed by the kitten. And that just leaves uh, Yordle. Yordle is going to do a little shake and let the wild shape fall. Okay, yeah. a pile of mushrooms behind him. And they almost seem to become aspects of the light as they hit the ground. That's going to... Okay, I'm going to look at that for a minute. <laughs> Fascinating. Poke them with a the claw. There's st- going on there? They're still there, and it looks like they're spores as you, uh, you sort of poke them. They sort of rain specks of light. I'm going to I'm gonna gather up some of those then. The minute you pick back up. the minute you pick it up off the ground, it turns back into a normal mushroom. It's almost as if when it's on the ground, it becomes an aspect of this place. Kind of dejected now. Scatter them around again, and then I'll walk over and 
take a big sip from the life cup. All right, same thing happens for you. You get to make the name. So name a person you want to have brought back. Or, in your particular case, because you are a druid tied to the land, an area you wish to be restored if you have one. Because places have names and power. Can I not say the spore colony that's living within me? Oh, you absolutely can. Okay, then I'll do that. Uh, And you feel that spore colony sort of like surge to life a little bit. Not enough to consume you. Uh, but we're going to say your symbiotic halo spores, instead of being, what is it, I believe it's a D10? It's a D4. D4? It becomes a D6 now. And as you level up, that will increase as well at the, the die steps. It'll just be one higher than it is on the, the normal. And I believe that as everybody has drank from the cup and the voice, uh, once again, calmly comes in and says, you have done well. Return. And the light fades and darkness comes. And as you open your eyes, you're back at Ron's bar. Ever, there's nobody else here. The fire is burning. You're still in the place where you left those of you that were here before. Uh, Tubi is asleep in Merzi's arms, uh, sitting by the fire now. Yordle and Quint, you are here in a place you haven't been before. Uh, but it looks almost like the tavern of a deep, dark, uh, dwarven settlement. Uh, very, very earthy, very uh, no windows to see the light of the outside. Um, and you see the old bartender, uh, your boss, uh, just sort of nods at you, Ron, and uh, takes the bar rag, slings it over his shoulder, and walks into the back, leaving you in peace. Quint looks around and looks very pleased with herself. She's very curious about where they're at. Where are we exactly? Well, if this is actually what it looks like, we're in a tavern in Highgate. Huh. Never been here before. Uh, I cast uh, Mage Hand to start uh, grabbing just to serve people. (laughs) (laughs) At about this time, a rather large, booming voice uh, can be heard, like, not yelling, but basically commanding somebody to get out of the way long enough for them to get get through the doors. Uh, and in ducks in a humongous fearbolg uh, in plate armor, half silver, half black. Uh, the vestments of the uh, priest of hell uh, upon him, uh, and he walks in. Run, run! Where are you? Ah, there you are, child. And this huge figure just comes over and scoops Ron up and starts bear hugging. Uh, Hatterai has been worried, apparently, uh, and has been looking for you for two days. Uh, we've been on something... Ron kind of flails a little because this hugging stuff is weird. And he puts you down eventually. Uh, we've been on an adventure? Yeah, mother would not tell Are me we where were? you were. It was quite concerning. Normally she's not so short-tongued with me. She was there with us at the end? Uh, he, take, he takes his skeletal hand and puts it on your shoulder. <laughs> Child, the mother is always with us. That's her power. <laughs> and you see he like takes one of the, the, the big casks of ale uh, and just like starts drinking it as if it was like a beer, like pops the top. <laughs> Who are your friends? <laughs> Welcome. Were you on the adventure too? I, I mean, this is me, Liz, kind of breaking down in hysterics here, but I, I think maybe Ron is, too, because this is just so weird and unfamiliar, and now they're just back somewhere so normal. 
Did I ever tell you about the time that we went to a different plane of existence made entirely of bones? That was a grand adventure. Sir Walter, <laughs> the wonderful owner of this establishment, he actually made love with a skeleton. It was very odd. I would also think it would be somewhat ineffective. Well, and he, he sort of looks at everybody, and in his best, like, dad joke voice, it gave new meaning to the term boning. <laughs> And he's so pleased with himself, and this is like this roaring, rumbling belly laughter. I'm trying to figure out, how tall is he? Uh, He's about nine feet tall right now. Okay, so he's a good solid two feet taller than me. All yeah, right. he's a big boy. Quint looks, like she absolutely, Quint looks like she absolutely did not understand that joke at all. <laughs> and she's very confused, and she's also really weirded out by this new person who walked in because she's never seen a furball before. Yeah, and he's big and he's blue. Uh, all, well, bluish lavender with a tint. Uh, although it does look oddly like half of his body is almost withered. Um, not like zombie-esque, but like you could see like uh, the left side of his body, like his hand. Like when I say it's a skeletal hand, I mean like the fat has gone from it. It looks as if it's uh, something that's been touched by the grave. Uh, his face is a little bit slack on the left-hand side. Uh, and it does look like there's a little less muscle definition. So even by Fearbulk standards, anybody who has seen one before, he's definitely a bit of an oddity. Uh, Ron doesn't seem to mind. Uh, simply, this, I mean, this is Hatterai. This is this is Ron's confidant, I guess would be the best way to put it. And even Merzi, like, this is the most relaxed you've seen Ron in a while. Uh, you know Hatterai. He runs the Temple of Hell uh, here in Highgate. Uh, him and his uh, high priest disciple Anduin, uh, they work there and minister to the people. They were one of the first churches to, or temples to be opened here in Highgate after the rebuilding, uh, 20 years ago. Uh, and you know that he is really good friends with Walter and your, your, uh, teacher, um, Asha, uh, and him, they used to be an adventuring party together. You worship a God. I do. Interesting. Well, she has good beer. What can I say? <laughs> But I will leave you be. I just needed to make sure that you were okay. Uh, I The mother told me that you were back, and I just needed to make sure you were okay, Ron. If you need anything, you know where to find me. Thank you. And to all of you, may the Raven Mother bless you. And he turns around and walks out. Quint kind of stares after him and goes, what was that? <laughs> Throughout all this, 2 has just been dead asleep. Uh when when Clint asked this, kind of Ron sort of looks confused for a second, and then she says, a, a high priest? I gathered that. The kind of being he is is called a furbolg. Ah. We had them in the Northlands. They are, tend to be loosely organized. They don't form clans or tribes, to my knowledge. But huh. one of them can do many strange things, so it's better to hunt other things. Huh. Interesting. All right, Plus, then. I don't think we like to eat people who talk as a general. No, no. That's a good rule. Also, don't ever do medical tests on anybody who can do calculus. Simple <laughs> rule, never break it. <laughs> uh, and with that, the evening sort of winds down, or at least you assume it's evening. Um, nobody else comes in the tavern. It's almost as if it's been closed down for the day. Uh, oddly, you think it might have been an expectation of your arrival. You have the full run of the place for dinner. Uh, there are rooms available to those who need them uh, if they wish to stay here. And there is a note from Walter that says it is on the house. Um, 
And this is a pretty fancy place for those of you that had, didn't walk in through the front door. If you walk out of the tavern into the main area, uh, it is opulent. It looks like it's one of those like huge New York City style hotels. It's got a fountain smack dab in the middle of it, a huge counter that goes place to play, like from from wall to wall, uh, golden pillars, uh, lavish looks like stained glass windows that and stairs that lead up to the second floor, and then looks like another set that leads up even another set of uh, a set of stairs up even further than that, uh, and various hallways and, and different areas. Um, but you are free to do what you wish in Highgate. You have survived the the Mad God's encounter. And as you guys are sort of sitting there or, or walking around, you do notice that the luster on your golden tickets, the stubs that were there, the, the halves that you had in your hands, uh, one half is gone. Uh, and it looks like it is no longer made out of gold, uh, but looks like it's made out of like a burlap almost. Uh, there is no more writing on it, but it is in the same shape. Uh, and that's where we will end our adventure for today. What about Unless, the uh, coins that we had? That was the currency there. Did those carry over? Uh, those just became... You did not spend all of them. And as you look at those, they're turned into platinum pieces. Fancy. Yeah. So is there anything else you guys wish to do or talk about with each other? Uh, my character is currently like sitting near a fire, staring into it and thinking, did somebody die? Like, is anybody dead? Like, how do I find out? They're all the way on the other continent. So I'm kind of obsessing about that. It's sort of terrifying for her. Yeah. She's never lost anybody. Like, even her jerk brother. She'd never, like, no one's ever died before in and, her life. And it I mean, is She's on. killed lots of things. Sure. She hasn't had to live through loss yet. Yeah, so she, now she's, like, sitting in, by the fire staring at it, trying to think, is anybody dead? How would I even find out? I, I don't even know how to, like, do I send a note back? How long would that take? <laughs> So that's that's what, what May is doing. Quint looks out the front door of the inn for a good couple of minutes, just kind of seeing what it looks like outside. It is a bustling metropolis. Uh, you see all sorts of people from all sorts of races uh, everywhere. You see large buildings. You look down at the ground. It is a uh, almost paved street. The cobblestones are so small uh, and packed so tightly. Uh, and it looks just like... You don't see the same sort of rustic poverty you're used to seeing as you travel through the world. Uh, it doesn't look like there are just dirty children and disease everywhere. It looks clean and healthy and maintained. Um, Can she see the sky? Uh, it's perfectly crystal clear. Okay. And She's as you going to go back inside. And one thing you do notice as you look up, uh, it looks like at the top of Walters is a uh, sky. Uh, uh, wow, I'm losing words today, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, Sky Dock. And it looks like there are airships coming and going from the topmost port uh, of this building. Huh. She goes back inside and then goes to investigate the rooms and find one to crash in. Yeah, there, it's absolutely opulent. Uh, it The bed is super soft. Uh, it, it has its own sort of like... Uh, plumbing situation like it actually has running water uh, it looks like there is a form of a bathroom here um, it looks like it has everything that you could possibly want uh, and there's a little placard next to the bed it looks like there's their own version of room service it looks like there's a horn on uh, next to the bed that you can actually call into that's made out of brass uh, that will call down to the front counter uh, so you are you are in the lap of luxury at this point huh She's going to go draw a bath if there's a bathtub. <laughs> there is a huge clawed uh, brass tub in Great. the room. 
because she's tired. <laughs> it has been quite a day for everybody. Uh, so that's what Quinn's doing. Uh, we know what May is doing. Dinar, what are you doing? Uh, he's going to check to see the state of the bar and what needs to be done to get everything set up to run the place again. Uh, looks like everything's good for the night. Uh, looks like it, all the side work is done. No dishes to be cleaned, no rags to be wrung out. Everything looks like it was done for you, minus what you guys used while you were sitting and talking. You don't need to do that, Dana. The key needs to serve. He doesn't know what else to do in the meantime. And then I guess when he's done, he'll just hop back into Okay, so Dinar winds up retiring for the evening into his lamp. Uh, what does Ron do? I think she's kind of a little... She's really glad to be home, and it's a little weird to think that she has a home. Like, that this is home, and she's just relieved to be back, and she's never felt like that before. And I think she's just kind of enjoying sitting with everyone, and maybe she went back and made food, and... Uh, Maybe tried to lure May out, but it doesn't sound like that would necessarily work. Like, if she brought over a plate of lightly cooked meat. I mean, I might eat it, but I would clearly not be focused on it. Plus, it's <gasps> lightly cooked, so I'm definitely not enjoying that. Ron, uh, Ron cooked it enough just so that it feels like a fresh kill. So, you know, I'm eating it, but then I would be, I'd be like still looking into the fire. And I'd like, yeah. look, up at, look up at Ron. I'm on, I want to make a perception check. Okay. <laughs> Which I have advantage on. Okay, that's a 15. Um, I don't know if you heard that, Joe. Uh, for perception? As far as, like, sniffing the meat? No, oh, I'm sniffing Ron. Does oh. she smell like a halfling? No, she doesn't. Okay. I uh, look at her for a second. I go, I don't think I've met you kind before. Oh. I have met halflings before. <laughs> and I go oh, back to yeah. eating. Hmm. It's your business. I just thought I would mention it. Not many people know. Not many people who know trust me. So I, here I'm a halfling. Yeah, so I said it's not my business. You are you. I like to think so. But I will say that you're very good with those little things. <laughs> I'm looking at the knife, the knife and the rapier. And you did notice that during the fight, um, Ron was able to change the shape of those dagger, or the daggers and rapiers. Or at least have you ever, you're damn certain that she did because you saw that rapier become a short sword. Do you, do you have anyone close to you? Any family? Really only Hatterai, I think. He's not family, but he's what the closest thing I might call family. Have you ever lost anyone? I have taken many lives, but that's not the same. No, I've I've killed. I've made kills. That's I have two fathers and six mothers. And I wouldn't know what to do if any of them were gone. I wouldn't. And then are my many siblings. I don't even know. I left uh, two years ago. By now, the, the new cubs will have been born. I haven't even seen them. There will be anywhere between four and ten siblings that I don't know. Uh, I have four siblings that I do know. Uh, my brother and my two sisters. I, don't know. I, I, won't, I won't pretend I would care that much if uh, <laughs> Gormod was dead. I, but I would care. He's my brother. He's just a jerk, but he's still my brother. But if if uh, Ayala or, or Angratha were died had died, I I wouldn't. I don't understand this thing we just did. I don't understand this grinning god or this force that 
offered us a choice and I don't understand why it did it. And I don't understand any of this. It's not, it's not how things are supposed to work ever since I, I came that, to the cities. I don't know that gods play by our rules if that was God. Oh, I don't. My people don't pray mm. to things. They, it's Gods are considered just another thing like a tornado or a volcanic explosion. You avoid it. Uh, you, you can admire its power, but you don't get near it. You know, no. You, if you run up to a to a thunderstorm, you know the thunderstorm is going to hit you with lightning. That's what thunderstorms do. You don't. So you might enjoy the rainfall, but you don't pretend you control that thing. You know, if you understand. Yeah, the the gods have their own machinations, and we aren't necessarily a part of that. But they aren't just they aren't all bad. Hatteri isn't all bad. He's he's dedicated his life and his existence. I suppose I don't. He doesn't think death is the end of things, and I, I don't, I don't think that either. There's something, there's something past that that we just we can't see or we can't see it well. But even no. if someone's gone, they aren't gone. I, I eat more, you know, more la- <laughs> more lazy meat eating. I'm like really just kind of like what what happens is I basically if it will fit in my mouth entirely, I just <laughs> swallow it. You know, it's because that's why lions eat. They tear huge chunks off and swallow. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. I'm sharing. If it needs to be shared, I share it with my side teeth and I swallow it. And I just, I don't say anything else. I'm just kind of staring. I'm not, I'm not like saying get away from me or anything like that. I just don't, I don't have anything else to say. Ron will probably sit there for a while, but she's not. This is probably the most she's talked about this subject with anyone except maybe Hatterai. So it's like, she does not know where to go from here. Which then brings us to the question of Merzi and Yordle. Where were you during all this? Uh, I would have been nearby, and as as the silence falls, I would hold, uh, take a mushroom from off my back and hold it up. The life and death are just two sides of the same coin, and as one comes to life, as the other side, something else dies. It's the way of the world, and nothing is ever truly gone. It's just a cycle. And I'm going to run a little druidic power through the mushroom so that it shrivels and then comes back to life and shrivels. Life. Do you say this to me? I say that in general. Okay, are you close enough? Like, are you kind of interacting with me? And, uh, yeah. And, okay. I look up at you. That is singularly unhelpful. Thank you. <laughs> you don't do funerals, do you? Because <laughs> if you don't, don't start. <laughs> and what about Marizy? Yes? I have a thing called, it's not really meant to do anything... I have a thing called Whispers of the Dead, which says when I take a short rest, I can choose a skill or proficiency that I lack and gain it as a ghostly presence shares its knowledge. I was wondering if I could do something with that to, like, you know, demonstrate that there are things beyond this life. Okay. Like, could I call on a spirit to just share knowledge or to talk or to show it? Yeah. You know what? You've done this before. Uh, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a ghostly tutor. So in the midst of your conversation, uh, you can call upon one of the spirits of, of the departed, uh, to almost manifest uh, as if you were summoning them, uh, what skill or what person would you like to call upon? Perhaps. Wow. I didn't think this through. Um, if you give me a a specific person. Okay, what's uh, someone with knowledge of religion, maybe like a maybe like a spirit of hell or a priest of hell that is maybe not as boisterous as Hadrai? Okay. Uh 
you concentrate and you remember some of the teachings and some of the books that you've read in, in, in the Temple of Hell. And you remember that there was a friar uh, that worked under Hatterai that wound up going on an adventure not too long ago that unfortunately uh, met his end uh, in the deep jungles uh, to the south of here. Never returned. Uh, you've called upon him a few times when Hatterai was a little too boisterous or possibly a little too drunk uh, to give a perfect tutelage lesson. Um, so you call him and it's... it's uh, he f- sort of materializes very slowly. It's almost like the smoke from the fire sort of coalesces. Uh, and then sitting in one of the chairs is this uh, older friar in the, the definitely the vestments of it. It almost looks like a Jedi force ghost type thing. Um, he's almost like he's sipping a, a cup of tea and just kind of smiles at you. Uh, and everybody can see this. Like this is a thing that physically manifests for Ron. Hello, child. What can I do for you? What could you tell me about where we go after we die? We aren't we aren't gone. You aren't gone. What? Well, nothing ever really dies, child. Well, I shouldn't say that. We don't stop existing. But what what happens beyond the mortal pale? It's a uh, a bit different for everyone. I sit in Hell's Hole. I sit with a mother. We feast. We joke. She makes really damn good tea. <laughs> That's good to know. But I don't know if that's your fate. I don't know what all's fate is, but I know there are places that exist for all of us. Those that are particularly wicked go to the hells, we know that much. Like beget like, as as it were, much as it is in life. And he kind of looks at May and looks at Merzy, who's petting the sleeping kitten, looks at Yordle, sort of nods at your lamp because he knows about Dinar. Mm. Like begets light, child, in this life or the next. And for functionality purposes, in case for the next session, we'll say that it gives you uh, proficiency with religion if you don't already have it. Otherwise, it gives you expertise. Ah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I already have it. So you'll have double proficiency. Yeah. But the mother calls me back, child. So you and your friends, you be good. Thank you for thank you for coming. Anytime, <laughs> ask, and I shall be here. And he disappears back into the smoke as he takes a sip from his teacup. And you all heard every word of that. You all saw everything of that of, of that exchange. I'm going to look at May and say, I don't know if that helps, but... I mean, it's very nice that the <laughs> ghost person has <laughs> metaphysical ideas. I really want to know if my moms or dads are dead. Then uh, that's the main thing. Whether or not there's more to life, I mean, that's... I deal in... I don't know how to put this. I deal in real things. I know, the the, the rush when you're pride brings down a kill the crawling on skin the i i just i we all everyone all the in know there are ghosts we see them all the time it doesn't change the fact that you don't they're not really here anymore and i have never i never occurred to me when i left that i might never see them again ron never make me an an intelligence check real quick just a straight intelligence roll i'm not real smart but uh okay I rolled a natural 20, and I have a plus one. You're pretty pretty dang smart in this moment. Uh, you've heard Hatterai have conversations with distant bodies, like distant folks. You might be able to get him to reach out to May's family, or at least try to. The, the, the priest who is here, Hatterai, he... I've seen him before talk to people over great distances. Maybe Maybe he could check with your family and make sure they're okay. 
I look up at that. Hmm. I didn't didn't know such a thing was possible. Hmm. I'm. Well, I will perhaps go ask him tomorrow. I'll come with you. We can ask him together. Thank you. And what is Mersey's reaction to all this as she's been sitting here listening to everything, petting Tubi as he snores? Well, she's sitting by the fire. Absolutely. We all, you all were. With the cat. With the cat in her lap. <laughs> yeah, and he's. This is all very metaphysical. This is all very fi- 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 philosophical. You're not getting the belly. Make sure to get the belly really good. Uh, you'll Don't know- wake him! No, 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 no. Trust me. You want to like scritch in, get get the tissues in, and he should attack you at that point. That means you're doing it right. I used to do it with my with my sister all the time. She would go right in there, and it was just biting, biting, clawing. That's how she knew I loved her. Okay. I mean, if you don't have little white scratch marks all over your hands, people won't know you have a cat. Okay. I'm going to have to do some work on this. I never had anything other than a mechanical dragon, so this is. Well, um, I'm I'm going to tell you something else by looking at that animal. Uh, that thing's going to weigh 800 pounds when it's fully grown. Um, we used to ride them. Yes, I'm just pointing this out to you that you might want to get some gloves or something to to keep your hands until they're out of the biting stage. You'll notice this one has got saber teeth. Yeah, you do. He's got the little tiny beginnings of fangs that are hanging out uh, of his slightly open, drooling mouth. Yeah. Um, Should be quite quite good at hunting reasonably large herbivores because they can use the teeth to puncture the the blood vessels and and cause it to to breathe, bleed out while they're strangling it. I can't just keep coal in my pocket anymore, can I? No, you're probably going to need to get like actual food. Okay. I hold out one of the big chunks of meat that uh um. Rain brought over you, like this. You you could give him some of this. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can't provide milk, and this one looks to be a, about a year old. It should have been. It should be weaned. Is it a boy or a girl? Um. Yes. Okay. I don't keep... know how to tell them apart. I go over. It's a boy. It's definitely a boy. Uh, do you have anything that you particularly like that you don't want to be urinated on? <laughs> to be just kind of. Oh, what? And Tubi just kind of like still asleep, just kind of kicks his leg a little bit. Males spray on things. My brother used to spray on everything. My father's had to like take him outside and explain to him not to spray inside the den. It, it's a thing. You you can certain doctors can can make it so they don't do that anymore, but then they can't have cubs either. Up to you. God knows Gormod could have used that one. I wander back over to the fire after I say these things. And I think that's a good place for us to end our session today <laughs> 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 on a discussion on spraying and spaying and neutering your animals. Uh, but I want to thank what, what you. What you need to know is I have been lectured for the last 20 minutes by my diva. I'm not exactly sure what she's complaining about but she's been <laughs> jumping up on the cat tree next to me meowing and then she gets back down and she runs out into the kitchen meows come back meows at me <laughs> just been saying look i'm playing dungeons and dragons just shut up and i'll deal with it when i'm done well clearly she wanted you to role play whatever you were doing with tubi in real life 
<laughs> but I do want to thank you all for playing with us today. Uh, and thank you for joining us. I know that it was a little bit of a shorter session, but you were definitely instrumental in helping bring down the uh, grinning god there. Uh, I liked punching things. You definitely did punch things very good. Uh, hopefully everybody had a good time. And thank you for our listeners who joined us. Uh, the next upcoming adventures are... Uh, I don't know what we're doing quite yet. I don't know if Matt's taking back over or if we're continuing this, uh, but be, stay tuned for that. And we will uh, keep those posted on the site and on socials uh, to let you know when we will be doing this next. Uh, I do want to thank again to Archville and Games for supplying the module for this. Uh, the Astral Circus is a wonderful thing that I am very happy exists now. Uh, and it fits wonderfully into the multidimensional facet of Otherworld. So uh, it'll be around for a while. Uh, I do want to thank all the players with their wonderful characters. Uh, I absolutely love this group. Uh, Mersey might be my favorite. I'm just going to throw it out there just because <laughs> she's just unpredictable. I don't know what's going to happen, and I love it. Uh, she's like uh, like Mitch, but not as destructive, so I'll take it. <laughs> You'd have to try really hard to be as destructive. <laughs> but I do want to thank you all very much, uh, and we will see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.